0: This episode of Half A Star is sponsored by a camera flash. Is it on? Who knows? Only one way to find out.
1: Welcome to the wild world of Half A Star, where bad ideas make great stories. Now on this episode, we got not just our podcast, but we got guests from a whole nother podcast. Don't dump us and go hang out with them. Just kidding. They're pretty great too. Dana and Mark are the hosts of A Few Goodman. A Few Goodman, is it Goodman or Goodman? I believe it's Goodman, like John Goodman. Because this is a podcast that's dedicated to the body of work of John Goodman. And boy, howdy, he's been in a lot of stuff.
0: Yeah, and in honor of Dana and Mark being here, we're also going to be discussing our own half-star John Goodman memories. And this is a self-devouring
1: snake of podcast indulgence, folks. Half a star meets John Goodman. What more could we ask for in this wacky, wild, insatiable world? He's Ben. He's Justin. Take it away, Rob.
0: I don't listen because it's a podcast.
2: But if you feel that you
0: must...
2: Here they are then Ben and Justin. Together they are half of a
0: star.
1: Hey Ben, did we ever get a name of that song? That well Rob I'm still sitting us?
0: on I'm still sitting on the name that I have for it and I'm not gonna tell you what it is. Alright. Keep your secrets then.
1: Ooh, a meme reference, eh? <laughs> now today, it's not just about memes. It's about other podcasts. We're hosting another podcast on our show.
0: Yes, and uh, we're returning the favor in a, in a sort of way because we also had the immense honor of appearing on A Few Goodman with Dana and Mark a few months ago now. Uh, and we were discussing John Goodman's arc on the television show Community, which we both have very fond memories of. Yeah, you can check that out on their Anchor page because we are Anchor Podcast Network uh, brothers or uh, cousins or step-nephews or something. I don't know.
1: Now, my my half-a-star stories with, uh, with John Goodman, they date back to my, uh, my, my my toddler years, back when I was in diapers um first movie i'd ever seen in theaters was the flintstones oh yeah i watched it not once but twice in theaters so the first movie i'd ever seen was also the first movie i'd ever seen twice in theaters and i was so taken by everything that was going on despite the fact that many of the themes and subplots of this movie are so beyond what a a, a child could even comprehend. You're just there for the dinosaurs, I guess, and the silly costumes and, uh, hey, Fred, just, you know, Barney kicking it. But I watched it, and I never went to the bathroom once. I didn't ask to go to the bathroom, and I didn't, like, bathroom in my diaper. And they remember checking, both times and I had like the I'd like an adult soda. I was drinking like a <laughs> like an adult size 7 up just going to town. And I didn't go and they're like we think this movie taught Justin bladder control. So I graduated to potty training. Uh interestingly enough, when I was potty trained, we used a star-based system where I'd get star stickers every time I used the potty and I'd stick it right on the potty and uh so yeah, that was my reward for wow. be, being a grown-up. So there was never a half a star potty story, but I did love the Flintstones so much when I was a kid. Every person I talked, every adult in Montague that I talked to, and they they wanted to talk to me because I was a cute little Munchkin. Uh, and they're like, "What's your name?" Is what they'd say. Because they treated me with a comical level of diplomacy when I was like three. It's like, what? what's your name, young man? And I would say, Bam Bam. Oh, jeez. I would tell adults, serious as anything, that I'm Bam Bam. And what's funny, whenever I come home to visit my, my parents, and if I happen to go into Montague for like groceries or KFC or something, uh, that i i run into people who still recognize me as bam bam and i say thank you that was uh it was 25 years ago
0: that's wild um that <laughs> was a
1: quarter of a century ago and that's what you remember about me that not only tells me a how committed to that bit i was but b how remark
0: unremarkable my life has been since then <laughs> It's funny you mentioned the Flintstones, because I remember going to see the sequel. Rock Vegas? Viva Rock Vegas. So it's, it's, the, it's the rare sequel that comes out six years after the original film.
1: And that is technically a prequel.
0: Yes, it is technically a prequel. It came out six years after the original film. It was a film for the new millennium. It came out in 2000. And what I found really interesting about this is it's the rare sequel where every single person is cast in a different role. Every role is cast by a different person. That's what I meant to say. Yes. It's not like they just <laughs> shuffled through the cast and reassigned roles.
1: Rosie O'Donnell is
0: <laughs> Fred Flintstone. So the original cast was John Goodman, was Rick Moranis. Barney, Rosie O'Donnell was, was, uh, was Betty. Yep. And who was Wilma? No idea. Right, okay. Hold on. Yeah, let's look it up. Siri. I'm here.
1: Who played Wilma in The Flintstones 1994? The Flintstones features John Goodman, Elizabeth Perkins, Rick
0: Moranis, and others.
1: It was Elizabeth Perkins, yep. Also, Siri, way to give the cold shoulder to Rosie O'Donnell there. John Goodman, Elizabeth Perkins, Rick Moranis, and others. (laughs) And introducing
0: others. (laughs) So um, they recast the movie. Uh, And I got to say, actually, like looking back at this, the cast is not bad for uh, Viva Rock Vegas. In fact, I think there's actually some decent uh, performances. So Mark Addy plays Fred, Mark Addy being, of course... um, known for Game of Thrones these days because he played the first king uh Uh, Wilma's played by Kristen Johnson who's a very famous uh comedian uh as well so she she was good in it too uh Stephen Baldwin I think actually does great work as Barney Rubble he does a really good impression of the dude from the cartoon Jane Krakowski played Betty Rubble and Jane Krakowski I know from 30 Rock as Jenna uh, so I was really interested to see that she was in that. And then, of course, we have the great Alan Cumming as the great Gazoo. Ah, yes.
1: The magical little alien that only Fred can see.
0: Yeah, not a great movie,
2: but...
1: Uh... <laughs> hey, Fred, I got you fruity
2: pebbles. <laughs> Barney, those ain't my pebbles. <laughs> wow.
0: They're my balls. <laughs> it's like I'm in 1965 watching cartoons. They were the first couple to share a bed. (laughs) Barney and Fred. (laughs) Anyway, enough about Fred and Barney. Let's talk about Mark and Dana, shall we?
1: There are Fred and Barney.
0: (laughs) Which one is which? Who's to say?
1: Mark and Dana have been lifelong pals for many, many years, have performed comedy from here to Istanbul,
0: why are you trying to do an intro without reading anything?
1: <laughs> a Few Goodmen starring Mark McHugh and Dana Dusset, a comedy podcast featuring reviews and insights on the work of John Goodman. Join a philosopher and a comedian as they explore the oeuvre of John Goodman in podcast form. Please be joined by Mark and
0: Dana.
3: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. How's Alberta
0: slash the Kootenays going? How's it? uh, How's it hanging?
2: I mean, quarantine life is kind of garbage, but it's also kind of great.
3: Okay. I had to leave London, UK uh, to go back to a city that I swore I'd never live in again. So, I mean, I'm alive. (laughs) Well, hey, I mean, in this
0: day and age, that's all one can ask, I think.
3: Yeah, that's that's a good place to start. We
1: want to get to the bottom of some real bad ideas. We're a big fan of bad ideas because we believe bad ideas make great stories. So we certainly do. And you two are funny, funny folk. You do funny. You make me <clears throat> laugh. You're comedians. So well, thank you. pressure's on.
0: We I'm also know not- you well enough to know that you definitely have bad stories. The both of you. <laughs> so.
2: That's, I, that's, that's I want the best
1: of the worst.
2: Okay. Uh, well, we're talking bad stories. I'm going to talk about the worst stand-up comedy set I've ever had. Oh, excellent. Um, so my name is Mark McHugh. I'm a comedian. I tour around uh, doing it professionally. But when I first started out, I was first, I started, when I first started doing road gigs, I started doing it with this one company. And the first set they sent, actually, the first show they ever sent me out to was a lot of fun for me because they sent me out to Grand Prairie, which I had a lot of fun in Grand Prairie. I went up, I had a pretty good set, but they sent me up with another comedian whose name shall, I will not mention on air. (laughs) Uh,
1: Mark, you don't have to mention their name, but can you name the company name that hired you and toured you? (laughs)
2: It's a Canadian chain. It's They're pretty cool. They sound like uh, lovely people. They are, they're, they're very lovely people, and they were very nice to give me a shot. And they were very nice to continue to hire me after the story I'm about to tell you.
0: And I would like to just point out at this point that we do have sponsorship slots available. Anyway, continue.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so my first set I did with this company, I went up. I had a really good set, and I went up with this one comedian. Now, again, I won't mention his name. But I have never seen somebody bomb as hard as I watched this guy bomb for an entire hour. It was an. He did, like, he had to do an hour, and to his credit, he did every minute of that hour of just people yelling at him and telling him to get the fuck off stage. Nobody's laughing. People threw chicken wings at him. And it's too. (laughs) To this day I like I go back to do this show all the time still. And to this day there is a rule that says if they throw something at you, you are allowed to get off stage. <laughs> and that was not a sh- rule until this show happened. So you got so to witness talk, that
0: rule being like I got to
2: witness could- this rule being made. This wow. like this was a bad set. The next gig that they sent me out on was to Fort McMurray. Okay. Now, again, I had a great time in Grand Prairie. It was one of my first times doing a full 30 minutes. I went up to Fort McMurray being like, Grand Prairie went so good. I'm never going to do as bad as that guy last week did. Of I, I, I don't need to prepare a set. I don't <laughs> oh, no. need to. You know, I, like, I went in with that young, cocky energy of like, I know what I'm doing I don't need to prepare. I'm Mark McFucking Q. That's who you're dealing with. Hell yeah. Fort McMurray. So we went up to the Boomtown Casino and I was up with another comedian. Again, won't mention his name, uh, but nice enough guy uh, from Australia. Tours all over the world. Yeah. Uh,
3: Jim Jeffries.
2: <laughs> yeah, they're sending me a me up to open for Jim Jeffrey. <laughs> come on, Dana. I go we go up to do this gig. He's The guy that I come up with, he seems nice enough. I go up on stage at the beginning of the, to start up the show. I'm supposed to do thirty minutes. Now of course I don't have a I don't have my set list with me. I don't have anything. I'm Mark McFucking Q. I so I do what feels like thirty minutes to me. And then I get off stage and the headliner looks at me and he just says, you just did 15 minutes. (laughs) Get the fuck back on stage. (laughs) This guy was, this guy was mad. So I go up and I'm like, all right, I've forgotten everything. Every joke I've ever written, it's gone. It's I'm panicking. I'm on like, again, this is like my second ever paid gig that I've ever done. And so I'm just trying to do awkward crowd work. And then a lady in the audience start, like, can tell, like, I can tell that she feels sorry for me because she starts asking me questions like, so where are you from? (laughs) Like, she's trying to be like, okay, let's just get the, let's just get you done. So I do like five more minutes. I bring the headliner on stage. He's like, Jesus, man. He does like he does an extra 10 minutes to cover for the garbage set that I had him. And here's the thing. I didn't even have that bad of a set. Like it wasn't the best set I've ever done, but the 15 minutes I did was a perfectly acceptable for second ever road gig material. But this guy, like he's on stage. He's like, I don't, I have to drive home with this guy tomorrow. Fuck. (laughs) And the next day, I get, like, he gets into my car, and he's just like, do you, uh, do you want some advice? Which is never a good way to, like, if some, if after somebody sees you do stand-up comedy, if they say to you, do you want some advice, they're never going to say anything good. He <laughs> says to me, like, do you want some advice? Don't say you can do 30 if you can't do 30. And then we rode home the whole trip, <laughs> in complete silence.
0: Nice. And just, just for reference, how long would that drive be?
2: Um, about six hours. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> One highway.
2: Whoa. He was uh, asleep for most of it, but still.
1: Was, was he driving?
2: <laughs> I was driving.
1: What's funny is uh, uh, I used to live in Fort McMurray, and uh, in 2015, which I'm willing to bet, was it a right around then, Mark, that that happened? 2014 or 15? About then. That's right around when I moved to Fort McMurray and I was in an early stage doing comedy. It was like maybe my second year going up and I was messaging venues to try and get some stage time. And one of the venues was Boomtown and you were listed as one of the people. I was like, I don't know who these guys are but I should be able to get on. And they said, no kid, you can't get on. These are professionals.
2: And here's the thing. Our, from what I've heard from people that live in Fort McMurray, our night was pretty bad. But the night the next week was so was even worse.
1: Yeah, yeah. That so, venue they stopped doing uh, they stopped doing comedy shows. Uh, but uh, listeners, Mark is an excellent comedian, and he did come back to the Yuck Yuck stage at, in Fort McMurray at the Bailey's Pub, and uh, I had the pleasure of uh, I opened for or I hosted for you. I opened for you. One of those uh, things
2: one of those yeah
1: um but I went on the radio to promote that show with your name and the host remembered you from that set and was no!
2: like
1: <laughs> and he said um so he's good huh and I'm like yeah great. <laughs> yeah why do you ask
2: that's my favorite it's just he's good right i've seen him and he was not good he's good now right that's what you want to hear
3: yeah (laughs) so so i have like i have a little side story that this whole thing has reminded me of um it's not it's not the thing that i came to tell you because the thing i came to tell you is a story that a lot of my friends like to tell so i'm I'm planning on using this platform to own it (laughs) um but the side the side um little story is do you remember uh a handful of years ago when when Fort McBurdy basically burnt down? I had a gig at the
2: Boomtown (laughs) Casino that I was supposed to be at, and then it burned down.
3: So I was in Cranbrook, BC at the time, and there's a Neil Diamond tribute act that asked me to do stand-up comedy as, like, the warm-up. What? (laughs) And... Like I had done, I'd only done stand-up like a handful of times, always opening for Mark. Um, and it was always shows that we booked ourselves. So the audiences knew exactly. We're our friends. Yeah. And so here's the thing. It's like I was doing stand-up for the kind of audience who would go to a Neil Diamond tribute <laughs> act.
2: So oh I basically couldn't
3: tell a single one of my jokes. I had to write all new material. And it, it didn't exactly bomb. It didn't go well. But I was about to leave stage, my allotted time was done, and there was a technical difficulty. And so they needed me to vamp.
0: Oh, no. No!
3: (laughs) So,
1: you know, could you scat a little bit? (laughs)
0: just don't just don't sing sweet caroline because that's what the headliner's
3: gonna do yeah so i just I think a, you
2: should have just sang all of neil diamond's songs and then did, <laughs> like so brought I, an acoustic guitar and that's your warm-up "Coming to america
3: <laughs> so i so i just ended up telling this story about going to a shopper's drug mart and somebody talking to me and me not knowing who they were but them knowing who i was and how it being like hey it's a small town right yeah that that's that's a a better reaction than i got
1: (laughs) well anyway guys this mic is hot we better pass it off to
3: neil diamond oh but the thing is not even neil
2: diamond pretend (laughs) neil diamond
3: the neil diamond impersonator's wife um (laughs) thought i did really well and i and i posed there was like there was like a little like thing after where people were like posing with him and yeah some people posed with me yeah um now dana side.
1: dana don't yeah. you lie you that can't be true if neil diamond impersonator had a wife come on
2: <laughs>
1: come on i'm curious somebody
2: who's like this guy impersonates neil diamond for a living <laughs> i could be with him forever
0: um what sort of era of neil diamond was this guy portraying on stage
3: um, like like song wise or costume wise?
0: Costume wise, I was thinking more. <laughs> more um, <along> the
3: line. <laughs> you know the, old, the, the where we'll he's got, where he's got like the uh, the the tassels on the arm. Okay, that's what and... I was
0: what that was what. Yeah, like sequin jumpsuit kind of thing. Yeah. So like, how that old
2: is. was the guy?
3: Um, in his maybe in his fifties. Wow. Well.
2: See, I it would be so much worse if he was like a dude in his twenties or something. <laughs> This this young man who's just like, you know what I want to do? I, I don't want to go to meds. The world is my oyster. I can do anything in the world that I want. Hey, and I, I just think got, I'm going I, to impersonate Neil Diamond.
3: I just got a quick question, then I'll segue into my story. Sure. Um, have any of ha, – because I know that, like, everybody everybody here has, has acted, has been called actors, um, sure for better have you, ever, have you ever have you ever been in a play where uh it's like a like a real kind of summer touristy play where they do like the um like people after the show can go and they meet and pose with with the actors and such i mean
2: justin I mean, and i have in both high school.
3: yeah like justin and i have both done the fathers of
0: confederation which is basically hmm. a summer long touristy play where people can meet the, the, the characters in costume afterwards so yeah
3: because i was in a professional a professional production. Um, I, I use air quotes because uh, the guy who ran it actually basically embezzled the company um, out of existence. Like any good theater company. Continue. Um, of, um, of the Wizard of Oz. And they did that after the show. And all the Asian tourists would go and pose with like Dorothy and the Tin Man and the Scarecrow. And I played the mayor. And I would hang out with Uncle Ben. And... <laughs> And, and the and the flying monkey and all the other bench warmers Yeah, and no one would, <laughs> no one would pose with us. Other members of the lollipop guild. Yeah, yeah.
2: I saw this production, and you can tell that whoever was producing it was embezzling money. <laughs> that is my official review of that production of the Wizard of Oz.
3: Yeah, the show was going so poorly that everybody went out drinking before opening. Before opening. <laughs> Because during our dress rehearsal it was the first time using Toto, like an actual dog, and, okay. and the dog ran into the audience. So that night we had to use a stuffed animal that Dorothy <laughs> oh would just God. that Dorothy would throw whenever Toto ran away. <laughs> did um did the embezzler ever get caught? So here's the thing. He's used a bunch of names. Oh uh-huh. So uh apparently he has a house in Prince Edward Island. Oh shit. That he told us living in the East Coast. Um I mean with you know that he goes and lives on the in the East Coast, none of us of course being there. I moved to Prince Edward Island uh like To a year look later, for him and I <laughs> to settle I never, a score. I never saw him. But now that you've s- seen the kind of acting chops I have I've had.
1: Yeah. I was gonna ask if anyone was paying attention to the man
3: behind the curtain, so to speak. Hey! <laughs> all oh, he—he right. he sweet the uh, the board of Kimberly Summer Theater was this this lovely group of adorable elderly people that he that he sweet talked into uh, basically giving them all his, their money.
0: Poka <laughs> fans, I assume, if they were from Kimberly. Oh yes, yeah. I actually
3: yeah. probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, being an actor, as I've demonstrated, um, <laughs> my uh, my aunt has a uh, has a dance studio in my hometown, and uh, if you've ever seen like a year end dance recital, it's just kind of a mishmash of a lot of a lot of things. Just a um, lot of people trying their best. But my aunt would would attempt to create a a theatrical element, like a play that would happen in between dance numbers in order to like string the entire event together. Okay. And yes. She would, and she would get me and some of my Mount Baker theater friends, like, like Mark McHugh.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was here. To I be was here a- this night.
3: <laughs> to be the actors um, that would be uh, in like the kind of the in between parts and often like I was in a, a production where it was like this is like Sleeping Beauty and I was the king and I would have lines like okay like they're about to perform for the royalty and then I'd have to sit on stage watching like eight dance acts and being like amused as the king. So you were you were like
0: a frame device? Yeah. For this yes. year-end dance recital?
3: Yeah. <laughs> the
2: best review I heard of this show is I, have a, like I had a friend that went to the show and he was just like, that was a lot of good actors dancing badly and good dancers acting badly.
3: <laughs> yeah, because the thing is is that the seniors of the dance company would always also have acting roles. Uh, but, they, but the thing is, is that there was like, out of like the hundred or so people, out of the hundred or so dancers, there was always like that one guy so my aunt would bring in, you know, male actors from the high school, and one year they did *The Little Mermaid*.
2: I remember having the sword fight for this, and that's all I
3: remember. I played King Triton, and my and to begin with, my aunt told me to sing this song, um, *Kids These Days*. I did not prepare properly enough I I went on stage and the music started playing and for three minutes straight I just repeated the words kids these days (laughs) and that is not the part I'm going to be telling you about that is just a little bit of I also remember you
2: trying to vamp I remember you trying to vamp and being like what's with kids these days and they're not paying attention (laughs) It's like, oh, you clearly forgot all the words, and now you're just like, what would an old person complain about children for? No, the thing is, is it was like,
3: it was like a Weird Al version of a song I'd never even heard of before. It was like, (laughs) it was like this like musical number where my aunt had changed the lyrics to be like reflective of living under the sea, (laughs) and I was like. 16 or 17 years old, or something like that. So, oh I, I just didn't put the time, I didn't put the proper time into it. Wow. But I did put a lot of time, so to speak, into to memorizing some of my angry, powerful lines. <laughs> just some. <laughs> <laughs> and I have this one, I had this one particular line that has remained infamous um, among all the people who were involved, plus uh, the dance studio itself. Oh my God. Um, as I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the story of Little Mermaid, um, in this version um, they didn't kill her with a boat, but instead they imprisoned her to be locked away forever in the deep sea beastery. Uh oh. The I, think a, I think I'm ahead of you here, Tim. Um, let's pause and backpedal.
1: Uh, now, I know what a beastery is, but my friend here, he doesn't. That's true, I
3: don't. Why don't you lay it down, what a beastery is? It's it's like a deli, except it's all wild meat.
0: Oh. <laughs> That's not no. what I was expecting.
3: <laughs> no, it's... um. It's basically like, uh, you know, a lot of wild animals and and monsters. Like a menagerie of sorts. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so I'm ramping up to this line, and (laughs) I say, and I cast you to the deep sea bestiality. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was there, and
2: it's still funny.
0: Like, I knew it was coming, and that is still so
3: shocking to me. (laughs) Oh, you think you were shocked? Like, the, 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 the two dozen dads who were forced to go to the show all of a sudden woke up and were like, what? <laughs> They're just like, what? So I just like had to first... barrel through. I just had to barrel through and keep on going because... Um, keep going. Because also you the thing is... You can't
2: stop a show to say, I'm sorry, I said bestiality <laughs> in front of your kids.
3: Also, oh, yeah. you, can't, you can't draw attention to the fact that I said anything like that because I'm surrounded by <laughs> because you have to remember at this point I am dressed up as Triton surrounded <laughs> by 8-year-old girls
2: oh, no. <laughs> oh, you couldn't
1: be more in a position of power <laughs>
3: <laughs> and and um one of no, one of Mark and i be great if
2: the last it would have been great if the last dance number was you explaining to children what beastiality was. Well,
0: I'm glad that we were able to uh, create space for you to speak your truth, Dana. I really appreciate that. Uh, that we were able to facilitate that for you. Well, thanks gents for, uh, for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, Thank you
2: very much for having us.
0: This is the time we usually carve out for any plugs you want to do because everyone's so busy right
3: now. Yeah, you got yeah. any
1: projects?
3: Yeah, anything you want to talk about? We do. Good? Yeah. It's it's <laughs> our it's our podcast, A, A Few Goodmen.
2: Oh, excellent. We talk the, about the movies and television shows of John Goodman because he's the best actor who's ever lived.
3: No argument here. And, and by the time that this episode's out... Um, we will have had an episode with two very special guests. Wow. They sound handsome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are handsome. Um, we'll have to, we'll have to post pictures. Yeah.
0: We had a, we had a great time on your podcast talking about one of our favorite uh, television shows community. A good um, and uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Definitely check it out. Uh, it's on anchor and Spotify. Are you guys on Apple? Yeah, we are now we are on now. Apple. Lovely, lovely. So yeah, the, anywhere they, fine podcasts are purveyed, you can find I think it's just those ones. three places. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> either either way.
1: Or if you contact uh, Mark or Dana on Facebook, they can mail you a transcript of the episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, just just enclose a self-addressed stamped envelope. <laughs> and a
1: money
3: order for nine dollars. <laughs> yeah. And the top of three Kellogg's boxes. <laughs> <Some box stops. laughs> and one Blockbuster gift card. Hey, there you go. Yeah, You know so, yeah, what? So, there
2: still is one Blockbuster that's still open.
3: Yeah, it's in Alaska, I think, right?
2: Probably. I yeah. don't know. I don't know much beyond the fact that there's
3: one left. But yeah, yeah. Justin, Benton, thank you very much. Thanks for, thanks for uh, having us. Thanks we for had a lot, lot of fun. Guys.
0: Mark and Dana, just one more thing before we let you go. Um, we're curious... Between the Flintstones and the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas, who has the better cast? I don't know. That's kind of a shitty question. Um, No, no. Let them answer.
1: Okay. Maybe it was a shitty question. I think they hung out. That's fine. All right. That's another episode of Half a Star. Thank you, Mark and Dana, for joining us and being our... Oh, we're, we must be, we're well past the double digits of our guests hanging up on us. He's Ben. He's Justin. And this is the part where you usually say the outro, and I don't know the script for that.
0: Take care of yourselves. Wash your hands. Don't go to the park and Black Lives Matter.
3: That's fine with the
2: family down Through the courtesy of Friends of Pete When you're with the Flintstones Have a yabba dabba
3: do a They'll time have a gay old time Darryl!